common sense reality check for both the left and the right. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. One of the things that makes this program unique is that we give you information you can actually use. And if the topic is important enough, we'll stay with it. A lot of radio consultants say you don't have the attention span for that. Obviously, you do. Thank you for staying with us on American Viewpoints. I'm Mike Ferguson, visiting with Dr. Bruce Yandel from the Mercatus Center. His recent op-ed in The Hill, Coffee or Tea, The Unintended Consequences of Tariffs, really caught my eye. It's a great read. Check out thehill.com to see it for yourself. Dr. Yandel, thank you so much for the additional time. Delight to be back with you, and this topic is an important one, and it's sticking with us, Mike. So let's talk again. One of the interesting points you made in um, your recent article or your op-ed in The Hill has to do with other nations adjusting uh, to, I guess, the market. And, of course, supply and demand are simple concepts in a very complicated situation and system. But you're pointing out that if tariffs choke off one means of trade that countries are increasingly finding another way to do it. What are they finding and what is the effect that we have on that in the United States? Well, you know, the in, in that piece I was referring to what might be called the law of substitution. And that law of substitution is a simple one. It says when consumers see the price of something they buy increasing, they will buy less of it and that means they will substitute to something else in place of the higher-priced item. And, uh, of course, that, that piece in the Hill started off with a discussion of the Boston Tea Party, which was generated because tariffs were imposed on American tea drinkers. But not only did they get involved with throwing the tea off the ship in the Boston Harbor, it became unpatriotic to drink tea. And this was a population of primarily British people, English people, who were accustomed to drinking tea, and they started drinking coffee. And so today, the United States is a coffee-drinking country, even though it is rooted in an English custom of drinking tea. Uh, There's a bicycle manufacturer located in South Carolina, a major producer of bicycles, for Walmart, as it turns out, and for other sellers, they bring in component parts from China, and they assemble the bicycles. They use some American steel and steel from other places. When the tariffs hit China and the component parts that this company, Kent Manufacturing, uses, the owner of the company immediately went to search for other sources for steel. Uh, the Trump administration, as you may remember, imposed tariffs on steel and aluminum. And when those hit, these folks said, hey, let's find out what we can do about this. And they very quickly discovered, well, Vietnam is going to be able to produce these, these steel components, not as cheaply as our original source in China, but cheaper than everybody else that we can find, and so the substitution took place. And as the spokesman for Kent Manufacturing put it, uh, these tariffs improved employment in Vietnam, not in the United States, as some people thought they might. And it's an example of 
this substitution process. And the other thing about the substitution process that concerns American grain producers, the soybean producers who lost the Chinese market, they lost it to somebody else, maybe Brazilian growers. But there's a tendency for when you lose customers to not be able to recover them immediately. Let's suppose the trade war's all in and everybody smiles and says we've accomplished what we were hoping to. Now let's go back to where we were. Relationships get formed in business, and there's a tendency for them to stick. And so, to go back to the Tea Party, we end up being a nation of coffee drinkers, and we don't see many people pulling off the side of the road in the United States at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 4 o'clock to have their afternoon tea. That's all over. Same thing may be true with the bicycle manufacturer who has found a source in Vietnam. It may well be that when things go back to normal, if and when they do, they'll just stay with the Vietnam producer of steel because it's turned out well for them. I am uh, drinking a, a cup of coffee as we speak right yeah. now when we're doing this. Well, let me ask you this. When we watch the news or we see the headlines in the, the local newspaper or the national newspapers and we hear talk of tariffs, because this is not exclusive to President Trump. It's not exclusive to Republicans um, or Democrats. It's it's often considered a tool in international negotiations. So when we see a mention of tariff and we watch this on the news, most of us, I'm not an economist. Most of us are not economists. Most of us are not academics. What are the questions we need to be asking our lawmakers or be asking the media as they cover this to critically think about how this affects our lives? Well, I think, Mike, there's, there's a very, I would say, a very fundamental question that we might want to ask first, and and that's really a broad one. What is the purpose of my government? I'm a part of what is called a free market economy where people have large amounts of individual freedom so that we can make choices. Some of my choices may cause me to want to buy something from someone who lives on the other side of a line that defines my country. That's my freedom of choice to shop where I want to, to buy where I want to, to sell where I want to. Now, what is the role of my government in facilitating those transactions? Should I have to ask the permission of my government to make a purchase from someone who has a citizenship other than my own, or to sell something to the citizen of another country? Or should I have to be taxed just because I want to do business across the land? So that's the broader question. And in a sense, it goes back to our founding and, and what the founders viewed as the role of government, to be a facilitator, to be a protection of rights, to be an enforcer of contracts, to be a deliverer of justice in disputes and debates, and to provide us with security and protection. Well, over over centuries, uh, we have uh, yielded an economy that is far more complex than what might be thought of in that vision. And so now to get to the very practical aspect of the question, I think people, when they hear about tariffs, should look at their own neighborhood, their own location, and to see how those tariffs may be affecting them and people they know and firms and organizations that employ people. For example, 
uh, South Carolina, North Carolina are two of the most international states in America. That is with respect to the share of the GDP from those states that is involved in international trade. When you get up into Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, you hit the same thing. And so it can be that overall for America, we could say, okay, we've got this battle with China. It's an intellectual battle. Let's, let's pull in our belts and see if we can d- make this a fairer trade opportunity. But it also may be true that the 10,000 employees who work at BMW in South Carolina may be facing something else when China retaliates by putting a 25% tariff on the BMWs that used to be shipped or may continue to be shipped to China. And so I think for the individual, it's useful to look close to home, look at neighbors, look at employment, look at what they are seeing going on in their own communities and regional economies. Dr. Bruce Yandel, Distinguished Adjunct Fellow at the Mercatus Center. And if you want to follow your writings and your research, uh, it's mercatus.org, I believe, right? That's right. All right. I thank you so much for the time, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on the program sometime soon. Mike, enjoy talking with you. Thank you very much. So what do you think? Does Dr. Yandel get it right, or are you more on the side of the president's use of tariffs when it comes to our economy? Let us know. Go to the American Viewpoints Facebook page and make your voice heard there. Thanks again for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Mike Ferguson. This is American Viewpoints. We'll talk to you again next week. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.